0: So this is just a general trigger warning for this episode. We are going to go into um, a deep discussion about pedophilia and pornification of young girls mm-hmm. in culture, where we do, you know, discuss some non-consensual sexual actions. Um, if that is not something you feel like you can handle,
1: probably we'll just... see you next week. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> see you next week. because <laughs> um, there's a lot of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. The podcast
1: rejects. Well, I'm not one for gossip, but... This may hurt just a little.
0: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I just want to say... This series is going to be fucking long. Yeah. It's going to be really fucking long. It's going to be really long. But it'll be good, though. It'll, it'll be, be good. thorough. We're getting into the the nitty gritty. Yeah. Into the weeds. Yeah. But it's going to... It's probably going to be like six or seven episodes long. I love it. It's so be awesome. Last time we left off, she was just about to join Jive Records, which mm-hmm. is like the record label. She had left... Well, Mickey Mouse Club had been cancelled. Mm-hmm. She was kind of just willy-nilly doing stuff at home. Yeah. So, um, she calls up Larry Rudolph, who is her lawyer, but is basically a agent, Mm -hmm. um, which now he's called an agent. I don't think he's a part lawyer anymore. Okay. Um, but he was sort of, this was like his first time being a manager, Mm -hmm. but he was still her manager up until like a couple months ago. So, you know, yeah, he's pretty heavily woven into this story. There he is. Yep. There's going to be lots of meowing. Yeah. He's, of course. He's in a mood. <laughs> so she asks him, you know, is there anything he can do to, like, help her? You know, she just wants to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sends a demo to Larry, and he basically sends back a discarded pop song. I forget who it was made for, but Mm -hmm. sent back this discarded pop song and had her record herself singing. Mm -hmm. And um, so she rented out a recording studio in Louisiana and, you know, recorded herself and over the song. And then they sent it out to labels. Um, So she went to, I think it was like four or five different record labels Mm -hmm. um, and would go in to a room with a bunch of like old men executives Mm -hmm. and perform for them in this room which is very intimidating I'm sure. Yeah that's gotta be so awkward. (laughs) Yes I think even she describes it as being like very awkward and she loved performing but that's very different yeah Um, that's just like I can see how that would be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of them did not like her like they just Mm. didn't see it like they were like oh Larry's just like over exaggerating he was like she's gonna be the next big thing Mm -hmm. you know Obviously, they passed on her. A bunch of people did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jive Records was actually the last one she was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, Jeff Finster, who was also a lawyer. Hmm. I'm like, why are there so many goddamn lawyers of <laughs> Those in the music people. industry? <laughs> oh, how boring. Um, <laughs> uh, he heard her and actually thought she had potential. Hmm. Um you know, Britney didn't write music. She was. It wasn't like now where like most musicians start out making music on their own right. or they're uploading like covers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot more accessible and less accessible in both ways. Like it's harder to be discovered, I think, mm-hmm. um, because you're gonna you have to do a lot of the work on your own. Mm-hmm. Britney didn't write music or do anything like that, so it was a lot of um, her just showing up and being like, "I can perform." Yeah give me something to perform right you know it was written by you know all of her music was written by basically the um the engine that was pop music right and probably you know it still is for the most part like it's written by like the same a lot of those songs are written by the same people just write them over and over again yeah um but Jeff I guess saw this as a good thing he Mm -hmm. saw her as very like malleable and someone that could become a star yeah um I do think it's a little weird (laughs) just like all of these like grown men judging a, like, 15, 16-year-old. Yeah. And they were, like, a lot of them were, like, well, she's cute, but, like, I don't know if she has star power. And I'm, like, oh, uh, something about it. Yeah. I just, I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's a lot of grown men in this story. Yeah. Mostly
1: grown men. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is why there's a problem. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, <clears throat> so one of the men who rejected her, Michael Kaplan, Um. You know, he says that he still doesn't regret passing on her. He's okay. like, no, it was still the right decision. I'm actually going to read um, a quote from him. Okay. I believe in artists. I believe in the art within music. Call me old-fashioned, but I'm looking for a true talent and a hell of a voice. I'm not looking for someone I can reinvent in the age of celebutant. That seems to transcend the musical artiste. <laughs> Jeff saw the same hand puppet that I did. He wanted to do something with it. I did not. Bottom line, in my opinion, it could have been any number of girls who stood in her shoes in the right place at the right time. Jesus. Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, I can understand, like, the marketability, I guess. Yeah. Um, And obviously, that's kind of the job of a record label. Yeah. Um, But it's weird to hear so many people, especially grown men, see her as like a figurehead Mm -hmm. in music. Yeah. Like, you know, music royalty in a way that's not an actual artist, despite the fact that she is like incredibly hardworking Mm -hmm. and just because she doesn't write music doesn't mean that she's not like an artist. Yeah.
1: It's like, you know, um, seems like weirdly lazy and like, maybe you're not good at your job. If you can't take like someone with like incredible vocal range and like, um, you know, the talent for dance and for vision and all these things and make them into a star. I was exactly. like, can you not do your job then? Because I'm like, she has talent just because right. she didn't write her own music. It's like, I don't know, maybe do your job for once and like find her some music to use.
0: And also like not seeing her as an artist. Yeah. Where I was like, she was like, an, you know, remains to be an incredible dancer. Yeah. She was an incredibly hard worker. She was an insane singer. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had all of these talents yeah. and to look at this child and be like, that's not an artist. It's it's a, such a narrow view of art, yeah. in my opinion. Um, and it, it kind of, I feel like, starts this tone and, like, general theme of how people saw Britney Spears, which mm-hmm. was as, like, you know, the star, the celebrity Britney Spears, but mm-hmm. not as, like, a real person. Mm-hmm. And I think reducing her down to, like, a puppet mm-hmm. who didn't have any artistic talent yeah. and didn't have, like know yeah what it takes was wasn't true because she's a you know huge celebrity she remains to be one of the most like searched people Mm -hmm. in like yahoo and google searches yeah for the last like 20 years yeah i mean she is an icon
1: yeah and how dismissive of other art forms to consider like the music like writing music to be the end-all be-all
0: exactly i was like performing is an art Mm -hmm. dancing is an art is an art most people
1: consider that to be one of the standard arts yeah and she has an incredible voice. The yeah. the you know, she can produce great sounds, which is what you need for music. It's like the writing of music means nothing if you don't have someone to perform it exactly. and perform it well.
0: And and she, you know, she's credited on a lot of her music later on, and she would write essentially like poems or mm-hmm. parts of poems and then work with the songwriters to integrate her own ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's like just because she didn't have the ability to write songs or really the desire to write songs mm-hmm. doesn't mean that she wasn't artistically talented. Yeah, and you know emotionally and artistically infested in what she was putting out. Yeah, because she was heavily involved in everything that she did. I mean, it wasn't like she was just riding along. Like yeah. When she worked with producers, I mean, she was right there with them, mm-hmm. spitballing ideas, going back and forth. So it it just is so dismissive, but I it really stuck with me this description of her as a puppet. Yeah. That I was like. How do you still not understand this years yeah. later? Yeah. Like you're gonna pass on Britney Spears
1: and then be
0: wrong yeah. about your <laughs> <And just laughs> analysis like, of the situation. Yeah, just like
1: doubling down on how wrong you are. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's all it's embarrassing. It really him. is. Yeah. <laughs> um so obviously she gets picked up by Jive, basically is like thrown right into it. Mm-hmm. Um so the first thing that they write is b- be one more time. That's mm-hmm. her first song before they write the whole album. And, you know, they're really pushing for this song. They, yeah. I think she goes, they, like, write the song, and before they've made the music video or it's been, like, officially released, she goes on a shopping mall tour right. around America, yeah. <laughs> which you can see videos out of there. Mm-hmm. It's just very funny, like, her and, like, two guys dancing in, like, a shopping mall yeah. before she was anything. Yeah, um, yeah, they were really pushing this. They were marketing, I guess, this. So... Baby One More Time, Mm -hmm. obviously, the iconic video that it is. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So this was recorded pretty early on. It was before the album was recorded, before it was even going to come out. This was definitely, like, the definition of releasing a single Yes, (laughs) Baby One More Time. Yeah. Um, It was uh, directed by Nigel Dick, Mm -hmm. who has directed, like, 500 music videos. Wow. In his career. Um. He honestly, he seems like a good dude. He directed several, like basically her music videos up until Oops, I Did It Again. That Mm -hmm. was the last one he directed because in that one she wanted to wear essentially lingerie. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it's not going to look good. Mm -hmm. Like you want to, that's just not the right move. But he thinks that's why he was never invited back because he was telling him, you know, 19 year old not to wear something. And she was probably like not working with him again. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But it's interesting. He talks about how you know, she was just like a nobody. They went to this high school in California to record this Mm -hmm. and she just blended right in. She didn't really seem like a star, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the thing that people say about Britney Spears over and over again. It's like her as a person Mm -hmm. was very quiet and reserved. And she didn't have that like center of attention vibe. Right. She very much like just faded in with the group. Mm -hmm. She was very much um, integrated into her, Dance, Yeah. um, And like the people she danced with, who she considered her best friends. Mm -hmm. And so I think she very much considered herself an equal to them Mm -hmm. and would just sort of meld in with them. And it wasn't until like the camera started rolling or she was like on that she stood out. Right. Which I just think is interesting that it was like a true, you know, switch that she was flipping. Yeah. Um, So Britney Spears says that it was originally supposed to be (laughs) quoting here some bizarre, Power Rangers thing. Um, I also read somewhere that it was supposed to be like an animated video, at least in part. Mm-hmm. Um, Britney Spears thought this was dumb. Yeah. And <laughs> she was right. Um, she wanted to do something that girls her age could relate to. Cause you know, hmm. she's 17, 16 about this time. Mm-hmm. And, So she suggested to Nick, and this is also a quote, we're all in school and bored out of our minds. So I thought it would be really cool to just be (laughs) in school. That was like her idea. Um, And she also told Nick, they were on this call with Nick, and it was like her and like, you know, her management and the production company and all this stuff. And then she's on the phone with Nick, and she just takes the phone from the production company, and she was like let's do a video where I'm a girl in school looking at lots of hot boys.
1: <laughs> True teenager shit. I
0: love that. <laughs> and he was like, in the moment, he was like, I cannot believe I'm taking, like, direction from this, like, 17-year-old. But then he was like, but, you know, she's she knows 17-year-olds. She does. She knows it better than I will, so... Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, at the time, he did not see this. As, you know, yep. nobody knew that this was going to become what it was. Right. Um, so, obviously, the video, if you have not seen it, I don't know. Why are you even listening to this? Like, yeah. how did you arrive
1: at this point in your life having never seen this video? But... If you haven't, stop this right now. <laughs> go watch the video. Yes. Maybe, like, three times and yeah. then come back. Steady it a little. Yeah. But, the you
0: know, she is in school. She's mm-hmm. dressed in a, like a sexy version of a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Mm-hmm. It's not super sexy. I mean, it's just like, she's just wearing like yeah. the Catholic school girl, like shirt, like skirt, mm-hmm. the white shirt that's sort of tied up mm-hmm. and the knee highs. Yeah. Um, which was kind of the style. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. pornographic in the way that like a lot of people, I think viewed it. Yeah. Um, and it was always, said that she was the one that came up with the idea to be like a Catholic school girl. And mm-hmm. it was weird because there were a lot of people in the media and people now that were like, no, she wouldn't have come up with that. She's <laughs> just this like, again, it's the idea that she had no hand in anything she did. It was yeah. just like told to do things. Yeah. Um. But a choreographer from Mickey Mouse Club actually recognized her hand in it right away mm-hmm. because there was a performance on the Mickey Mouse Club where Christina Aguilera was singing the song Think. By Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. And they were wearing Catholic schoolgirl outfits. A oh. little, you know, just normal. Like, they were wearing tights instead of knee highs. Right. And normal shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which we're going to upload part of that video onto our Instagram. Yeah. Because it's super good. I mean, Christina Aguilera is insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that choreographer... From Mickey Mouse Club when he saw the video he was like oh okay, okay. yeah it's like that like I can see where she would get that inspiration yeah from. <laughs> that's so cute so I was just like that was interesting that they and but people were still just like she didn't come up with it it's <laughs> like bitch respect her <laughs> put some respect on Britney's name honestly so the song and video come out November
1: 1998 oh my god <laughs> same year I was born oh my gosh <laughs>
0: Um, the song debuted at the top 100 chart at 17. Um, by the time the album came out, the album and the song were both at number one, mm-hmm. which was the first time an artist had ever done that. Oh, wow. Like, not just a female artist, but any artist wow. had debuted at number one and with their album as a first time artist and their like single was number one. Oh my God. So it went, you know, from zero to like a thousand overnight. She became a huge star and I think it was partially and I don't know, mostly because they were tapping into something that was not recognized as valuable, which Mm -hmm. was the desires of like teen girls, Yeah, which I'm like, I feel like drives a lot of media and like the success in media and I think that's why a lot of grown men, when they were first looking at Britney Spears, did not recognize the value in her mm-hmm. because they don't value teenage girls' opinions. That's why they don't. Everything that teenage girls like is sort of like the ultimate bad thing. Like yes. Twilight yes. was
1: hated. It was hated by hated. grown men all yeah. the time. It's yeah. like it's not for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, even like the One Direction boys.
0: Yeah. One like, Direction.
1: Yeah is considered, like, silly and dumb. Yeah, so stupid. Yeah, astrology now Yeah, is, like, you know, constantly shit on by men. Yeah. You know, because teenage girls enjoy it.
0: Right. Yeah. So anything that is enjoyed... That's why I'm so protective of, like, Twilight and stuff, mm-hmm. is because I'm like, um, if teenage girls like it, they deserve to like things without it being criticized by adults. Yes. Um yeah. And they loved Britney Spears. I mean, she mm-hmm. was what all of these girls wanted to be. Yeah. I think she was, like, confident, but she was also very relatable mm-hmm. and very adorable, like in all of her interviews, because mm-hmm. she was awkward. She yes. was like she obviously had that star power which she was like basically acting. Yes. She saw all of this as acting, including mm-hmm. just being on a stage. So yeah. her, you know, one on one, she's just kind of down to earth mm-hmm. and kind of goofy and yeah. just a fun girl. Mm-hmm. And then they see this video of this girl who like owns the hallways. Right. Of a you know, yeah, with her high school, like yeah. dancing with all these hot boys. It's yeah. It's like,
1: like, it makes you feel like any girl can like, you know, become the popular girl. Like any girl can like access that part of her and become yeah. like a star. Yeah. And,
0: which is like, I, I don't think anybody was doing that. I mean, the stuff that even is close to it, like Madonna and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it was for older right. people. Mm-hmm. Like obviously teenagers and kids listen to it, but it's like, it wasn't directed at teens.
1: Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah.
0: And it was like, before then we had content, obviously like Mickey Mouse Club and stuff that seemed to miss the mark as far as like what teenagers wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think Britney Spears, and obviously this kind of comes along too with like NSYNC and a lot of these other things that mm-hmm. really like narrowed in on what teenagers wanted. And Britney Spears had a monopoly on the teenage girl yeah. outlook. She did. Um, Which I think is super cool. And I think it's interesting that so many grown men missed that. Yeah. That quality. Yeah. Whereas, like, the guy from Jive recognized it right away. Mm -hmm. He was like, this is an untapped market. Yeah. And obviously, he was looking at it through, like, the lens of capitalism. Yeah. But I still think it's overall a good thing. Yeah. Um, And it's why so many, you know, grown women now are so protective of Britney Spears Mm -hmm. and why Free Britney has become the thing it was, you know, it is, because so many people saw themselves in Britney Spears Mm -hmm. and who she was as she grew up, and a lot of people grew up with her. Exactly, yeah. Um, so obviously she became super famous overnight. Yeah. Um, tons of interviews, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the big things that happened right after <laughs> this was released, and we're gonna this is gonna be most of this episode is talking about this one <laughs> photo, <laughs> is uh the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in 1999. Yeah. Uh, that she was on. So I'm just gonna have we're gonna post this on our Instagram. Yeah when we post about the um, episode so you can go and look at it while we're describing it but I'm Mm going to have you describe the picture so if you can't look it up right now you kind of know what we're talking about
1: yeah so Brittany is laying down on like pink silk um, and is uh, holding a I forget which uh, Teletubby, the purple Teletubby (laughs) (laughs) with a white button up, um, completely open with a black bra and, um, kind of like hip length, like panties. Yeah. um, just looking the craziest mixture of like childlike and like adult woman at the same time. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Very, that's a yeah. Great description of it of like holding the Teletubby in her childhood pet room, yes. which is where this picture was taken. Right. Which you wouldn't know just from looking at it, but yeah. um, very much like childlike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, I think she was 17, 18 when she yeah. took this picture, but I basically consider that still a kid. Yes. I absolutely. know that some people like see that as an adult. I just feel like it's not for adults. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like how I don't like to watch TV shows Mm -hmm. where they have like teenagers having sex with each other. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, they're both teens and that's fine. Yeah. Teens can be into this but I'm not a teenager. Right. So it's
1: like, I shouldn't be anywhere near any of this. Yes. And that's
0: how I feel about the cover of that magazine. Um, So, it's really just
1: Ugh, a mess. So, William yeah, and oh, one quick thing, on, uh, underneath her name, Britney Spears, like, on the cover, it says, inside the heart and, um, bedroom of teen drama. So, Yikes. that just really, whoo, Puts it over the top for
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like crazy. You know, people who were big Rolling Stone fans were like appalled. They were like, how dare you put this like dumb teenage girl on the cover? Which it was like Rolling Stone has always sort of been cutting edge, just sort of like at the forefront of yeah. entertainment, anyways. Mm-hmm. So that was just dumb. Um, but they so in the article, they talk about the song you know, like hit me baby one more time. Mm-hmm. Which they call a being sexual because of its spank me subtext, which what? <laughs> maybe I'm just dumb. Yeah. Which it could easily be it, but I never got that from the song. No. Even listening as an adult, because I thought of like, when you listen to the lyrics, it seems more like a, like hit me up. Yeah. Like hit me baby one more time. I've never considered that spanking. Yeah,
1: and it's very weird to call it spank me subtext when you have to take that title very literally and like explicitly to get that kind of yeah, it's like thing. That's not what subtext. Yeah, is. I'm <laughs> like that's what <laughs> cuz I'm like if anything Over the text. subtext yeah, <laughs> is like completely different. Yes.
0: Um so that to me already just put me on edge like reading about all of this cuz I was like, "Uh, oh. That's what grown adults were thinking when this song came out, is yes. that she wanted to be spanked, which, when have you ever seen anyone, like, even in the craziest, like, porn, mm-hmm. be like, hit me, Yeah, r- referring to spanking? Yeah.
1: That's not a thing. That's not a thing. So,
0: I was like, I've never gotten that. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's very <laughs>
1: clearly, like, grown men who have, like, not had, like, a lot of sex and are pedophiles. Yeah. Is, like, what that came from. And they,
0: they, I mean all over the world people were talking about this shit and they were calling her things like the Louisiana Lolita. Oh God. Which is so much to unpack. Yikes. Oh Lord. <laughs> and um vampish seductress which I don't what is really that even mean? <laughs> as far as I was like vampish? Like what is that term mean. I was like, how? In what way is that?
1: Oh bandage? man, now I'm just like imagining like when an artist has to like vamp on stage <laughs> to like, you know, keep the, the beat going until they can like jump into the next thing. And so she's just like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and now, seduce. <laughs> it's just
0: like very odd. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and in this book that I, you know, I'm getting a lot of this information from, he has this one phrase, this one sentence that really stuck with me, which was, you know, obviously her song blew up even Mm -hmm. more following this photo shoot. Of course. And it was great for the product, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the company because they were making tons of sales (laughs) and everything. Um, since he says, everyone was a winner, including Britney Spears, the performer, if not necessarily Britney Spears, the humble teenager from Kentwood, Mm -hmm. which I think is really relevant because it was like, other people sort of taking the reins and the control of, like, who Britney was on the outside, mm-hmm. that wasn't necessarily who she was as a
1: person. Right. Her image blew up. Yeah. When this happened. And it was like, like she
0: was still, you know, a kid. Yeah. And didn't really know herself yet. Mm-hmm. Who does when you're, right. like, 18. Um, and then was seen by the world as, you know, this, like, sexy jailbait yeah. kid. Yeah. You know, it's it was just like the first split between those two things mm-hmm. of like her public persona and her as a person which right. were very different and I think that's, you know, we'll get into it as we go along in this series but I really think that that is the core of why she ended up in a conservatorship Mm -hmm. is because of the way the media and the world saw her as the performer Mm -hmm. and the cracks that showed when the real person started to come out. Right. And people were, you know, horrified to see that. Yeah. Because they didn't know who she was. Right. Um, so she was kind of like bewildered by the reaction that she saw from people because to her, it was performing. Yeah. She was like, it's not real. Like she was like, acting when mm-hmm. they were taking these photos. She did not see it as her being
1: like, This is me, yeah. you know, exposing myself to the world. Right. It's just like a, a you know, a character she put on.
0: Right. She was playing a part. Mm-hmm. Um she also considered the response to these photos demeaning and degrading mm-hmm. because the media was only focused on the sexual connotations and not her talent. Yeah. Uh which she's absolutely right. I mean yeah. That again, I was like, I think teenage girls saw her for what she was, which was like super talented Mm -hmm. and they enjoyed her music. And the rest of the world, but specifically grown men, which is (laughs) sort of the writing on the wall of this story. Yeah, that when I say adults, I mostly mean grown men. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you know, saw her as just this like sexual person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in an interview uh, a year later, she said it was about being in a magazine and playing a part. It's like on TV. If you see Jennifer Love Hewitt or Sarah Michelle Gellar kill someone, do you think that means they go out and do that? Of course
1: not. Yeah, honestly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It makes me think of, um, which we'll all upload this clip if I can find it again. There was an interview after she did her movie crossroads Mm -hmm. where she, you know, I think there's a full, like, you know, 2003 sex scene with this guy Mm -hmm. and, you know, she obviously kisses him and an interviewer asks Brittany if her boyfriend was jealous <laughs> of her kissing this other guy, and yeah. she was like, "No, it's a movie. It's acting. It's not real. You're an adult. You should know that." <laughs> absolutely roasted him. It was a woman who asked that, and oh my like, God. she was just like, "You should know that." <laughs> Because I was like, I'm sure she was tired of hearing that shit for yeah. years. Or she was like, it's not real. It's not real. It's performing. Yeah. What do you guys think performing is? Yeah.
1: That's so, <laughs> that's so funny.
0: Um, just crazy. So, you know, photo shoot was like shot in her childhood bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, they shot a bunch of photos all over her house. Mm-hmm. But when it came to her bedroom, her bedroom is very small. You should be able to see pictures of it from our last week's yes post. Um he, the photographer just shut out everybody mm. including her parents and the management. Oh wow. So Larry was not in there, yeah. nobody. Um and so it was just her like in this room mm-hmm. partially naked with a grown man taking her photo. Yeah. A little weird to yeah. me. <laughs> Very strange. Um there also was no photo approval by her management, which mm. is typically how things would go if you were managed by like they would have yeah, a of final say. Yeah. Uh, But Larry was kind of new to the managing business. Right, right. So he was also very green and didn't really... Mm -hmm. Nobody knew what to do. Right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, The media speculation that came after this is insane. (laughs) I bet. Um, There were people who were saying that she had gotten breast implants, some of which were... who worked with her. They didn't say who. They were all anonymous Mm. on Mickey Mouse Club, saying that she had gotten breast implants... Because she used to be so flat-chested, and now she suddenly had boobs,
1: and it's like she was... Um, She was, like, 12. Yeah. She was a child. She was an actual child. Yeah. And now she's, like... creepy Yeah, 17, 18, you know, when people go through puberty. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's so weird. It's just, like... Okay, and then, but then they were like, but she also, the boobs were too big and restrictive during her dance routine, so then she got her breast implants reduced, which is not something you can do. No. Um, but (laughs) that is what people thought. She was like, what is wrong with you? Oh my lord. Um, yeah, she thought it was, publicly she said it was really dumb that people thought that. She was like, what's wrong with you? People just be like, (laughs)
1: saying words because I have them. Honestly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to include here um, this quote from the French philosopher and novelist Simone de Beauvoir. Mm -hmm. The young girl's purity allows hope for every kind of license and no one knows what perversities are concealed in her innocence. Neither child nor adult. The virgin, which she's referring to like the archetypal Mm -hmm. virgin, Mm -hmm. is one of the privileged exponents of mystery. On the other hand, the figure of a prostitute gives scope to the grand play of vices and virtues. She belongs to no man but lives off such commerce. Hmm. So I just felt like this was really, I don't know, very relevant. There was so much speculation and purity culture that mm-hmm. ran through who she was. Yeah. Um, as men wanted to see her as like that virginal archetype. Yeah. Of like the ultimate show of innocence. Yeah. Um, this was even more relevant. When there was a grown man who was a businessman mm-hmm. who called Jive Records and offered $10 million to take Britney's virginity. What? Yeah. And she said he was gross and needed to take a cold shower. Which yeah. is
1: very kind of a response. The <laughs> most kind response I think you could have to that. Um, um, I think she's justified in murder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: like, that is so disgusting. Yeah. He needs to be investigated. Yeah, he
1: definitely needs to put, like, on a watch list. <laughs> Holy moly. That's insane.
0: Um, and, like, everybody wanted to know. And she publicly told people that she was, like, waiting till marriage, which mm-hmm. I'm sure she was encouraged to do by her management. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into this in the next episode. These are kind of running at the same time, like, congruent mm-hmm. to each other. But she was dating Justin Timberlake kind of around this time. Right. She so started her relationship with him. Right. Uh, But most of the public didn't know yet Mm -hmm. because they were encouraged to keep it under wraps. Yeah. Um, It was weird. Her mom wrote a book, her second book, much later, Mm -hmm. uh, and said that Britney lost her virginity when she was 14, which is very weird to me because I'm like, why does her mom know that? And why does her mom feel the need to share it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a book.
0: Yeah. I was like, that's not really anyone's business. It's not. Whether or not it's true because it's like, Especially if she was 14, like that underage, like let her have her thing. Yeah. What? Okay. Um, I was like, that doesn't need to be, (laughs) it doesn't need to be shared. No. Um, While I was doing the research for this, uh, I read an article by Refinery29, which talks about Britney and purity culture. And Mm -hmm. it also talks about Christina Aguilera, who was also heavily you know, covered in this purity culture as they came to fame around the same time. So I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from this article. Mm -hmm. Um, so it says purity and virginity are all purity and virginity have always been something that's been intermingled with women in the spotlight, but especially in the nineties, because there was such a push to reinforce it as something of a backlash to the eighties when we had Madonna singing like a virgin. Dr. Drinton explains the idea was let's get control of these women again and get them to literally sign pledges for abstinence. And that affected the pop stars that came to be. The public did not think that Spears lost her virginity in the right way versus others. So this was following either her or Justin Timberlake talking about the fact that they had had sex. Mm -hmm. Justin Timberlake did it on like a... um, radio show when mm. the guy literally asked, did you fuck her? And yeah. he said, yeah, I did. Which is like, ugh. Yikes. Um, So the public did not think that Spears lost her virginity in the right way versus others. So she couldn't remain this consummate virgin versus a lot of other stars like uh, Jessica Simpson, who mm-hmm. at the time had like gotten married. So right. She was like going the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, so that idea of competition is also colliding with the fans, turning on Britney Spears and sort of being let down, saying, no, The bargain we had with you was that you would entertain us in a way that we wanted to be entertained culturally. And that means I want to invest in this relationship, romantic relationship, that you have, and we want you to behave in a certain way. Wow. Um, You know, people felt entitled to Britney's life
1: since the beginning. (sighs) Since the beginning. And purity
0: culture, I mean, it just it's so damaging yeah
1: it just doesn't do anything
0: for anyone because it's just like not anyone's business it really isn't um and so this article continues selling britney as a virgin also made her a non-participant in the sexual pleasure that was clearly a part of her appeal from the very beginning of her career she lacked agency in a sense in a sense her lack of agency was exactly what was being peddled she was a post feminist, an anti feminist, conservative product. Mm. She was a reversal of so many of the gains women have made. And it was when Britney reclaimed her agency that her image began to crack. Mm-hmm. I think this is partially true. Um, definitely the like conservative product idea. Yeah. But I think it's an oversimplification. So let's get into this next section, which really doesn't have much to do with, you know, Brittany exactly, but it is related. Yeah. Which is the over sexualization of young girls. Mm-hmm. So I think that the idea that she was a conservative pro like, you know, product mm-hmm. as far as being this virgin mm-hmm. is an oversimplification because she also needed to be seen as like the ultimate like sex kitten mm-hmm. character. Yeah. So it was both virgin and, you know, pornification of yeah. Britney as a person mm-hmm. and those things are tied together in pedophilia. They are in like a wanting virgins. Yeah. That's, you know yep. what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, yikes. So I did some research for this. I really only scratched the surface. There were so many books and articles and like a million things.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, we could have
0: a whole series just on this. For sure. So (laughs) I'm just going to try and cover this as briefly and as concisely as possible. Mm -hmm. So this has kind of been a conversation that's been going on for about 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, In 2006, an Australian report called Corporate Pedophilia, Sexualization of Children in Australia was published. The report analyzed how the sexualization of children was becoming more and more common in advertising. Mm -hmm. The term corporate pedophilia is a phrase meant to describe how girls as young as 12 are dressed up and posed in the same way as adult models in advertising Mm -hmm. to make them look a little older, Mm -hmm. but obviously they're still kids. Right. Um, In 2012, the U.S. uh, released a study that found that self-sexualization was common among girls from six to nine years old. Six
1: to nine years old. So they're,
0: you know this sexualization in media by others yeah is heavily affecting you know young girls. yeah um there were a lot of studies that showed that it made for all ages of all girls uh their self-esteem significantly worse because mm-hmm. not only are they comparing themselves to others but they're comparing them in a way that's like they need to provide sexual pleasure for others yeah uh, the subject typically falls within the category of pornification or pornification, mm-hmm. uh, which describes the way that aesthetics that were previously associated with pornography have become part of pop culture, mm-hmm. and that mainstream media texts and other s- cultural practices uh, citing pornographic styles, gestures, and aesthetics have become more prominent. Um, I think this is... Like, you can see this even now in yeah. stuff that's, like, basically full-on porn. Yeah. Um, which, again, it's, like, it's kind of weighed in, in different ways about how you see it. But the main issue that I have with it is when it includes children yeah. or very young, you know, like, teenagers. Yeah. Um, so there was there is a book called Pornification: Sex and Sexuality in Media Culture, where basically the authors just go through how this you know porn mm-hmm. lens infiltrates every kind of media. Yeah. Um, I mean, they cover like every kind of media you can think of, and porn has infiltrated all of them. <laughs> um, so while researching this topic, I found like a lot of feminist articles and books that basically argue the sexualization of women is only seen in the negative and that Mm. pro-desire feminism should be emphasizing girls' and women's sexual agency and resistance. Mm. I don't really know, you know, how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like it's very similar to the argument that getting plastic surgery is actually a feminist act, Mm -hmm. even though you're doing it to further cater to the male gaze and basically a capitalist-like modification, you know, commodification of your body, but because you're deciding to do it, it's a feminist act. I feel like that's kind of a non sequitur, like it's kind of, Mm -hmm. we're not going anywhere with that. And also not everything that a woman does has to be like a feminist act. Yeah, Like there's not necessarily anything wrong with it, but to argue that it's feminism Mm -hmm. seems, you know.
1: Yeah. It just, it very much like places... Um, women's choices like in a vacuum it's like you still have to recognize that the choices that you make as a woman are you know still exist in this patriarchal and like capitalist world that we live in you know it's just because you decide that you want to get plastic surgery um, for yourself you have to recognize why that you know decision was something that you even considered in the first place and it's because of the male gaze you know and it's just like You can't just, like, suck out, you know, one thing that you want to talk about in feminism, like, out of the world that we exist in, and just rationalize it within that vacuum. It's like, no, you have to be able to place it back in society, and it still has to make sense.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's the thing that they're missing with, like, pro-desire feminism, Mm -hmm. is that sexualization is seeing a person as something that is basically an object Mm -hmm. it's objectification it's seeing them as something that is only there for sexual pleasure yeah so it is only seen through the male gaze and sort of a capitalist you know commodity Mm -hmm. that you're selling your body Mm -hmm. um and I think to look at it only as or try and switch that into like girls and women should be able to do this to themselves if they want to Mm -hmm. and then saying that that's feminist is a problem because they're not recognizing that it's like you're still saying that women should be allowed to cater to the male gaze Mm -hmm. and that's actually feminist because they chose to do it. Yeah. Not recognizing that it's like just because they chose to do it doesn't mean that it's like feminism. Yes exactly. Um... And this was, I thought this was really interesting and I couldn't find this book anywhere. I really wanted to like buy it, Mm -hmm. but I guess it's not in print anymore, but it's Mm -hmm. in a book called girls gone skank. And there's a section where Amanda Mills, who didn't write the book, I think she's just quoted in it. Mm -hmm. States that consequently girls are socialized to participate in their own abuse by becoming avid consumers of and altering their behavior to reflect sexually expletive images and goods. Um, I definitely think this is a way more accurate representation of this it's yes. like what we're seeing on tiktok now yeah. of like kink culture mm-hmm. and young girls being encouraged to be more okay with like hardcore kinks yes so something like consensual like non-consent yeah. and you know etc like some of the crazy stuff that people adults get into yeah and they're encouraged to enjoy this kind of abuse mm-hmm. because that if they don't, then they're like vanilla yes. and less than. Yes. They're but,
1: like, you know, seeing like vanilla sex as like not sex at this point. Yes. Of like it doesn't count because right. it's not, you know, it clo- like cloaked in so much like abuse and like, you right. know, Which violent it's like, behavior.
0: You know, within the closed world of, like, BDSM, mm-hmm. this stuff is not abuse. It's you know, not. You're doing it with a partner, and you guys have, it, like, in the BDSM community, there are very strict rules mm-hmm. and behavior, and there's a lot that builds up to that. Yes. But I think
1: young men see it as the ability to hurt and abuse women. Yes.
0: Consensually, and that's
1: exactly why they target young girls with this kind of um, stuff because they know that this stuff wouldn't fly in the BDSM community right. with other consenting adults.
0: Right, and they would be excommunicated. You know. Like yes. when you look up anything in like, if you went to go and look up like your local BDSM community, mm-hmm. they have pages of rules. Yes. And a lot of them are social rules yes. about how you interact with people. So they know that this would never fly just in the community overall. Yes. But especially in women that are involved in that community, which to me is a feminist act of like yes. engaging in your own sexual pleasure mm-hmm. in a way that's informed, yes. safe, and, you know, With enthusiastic consent from all parties. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I think... We're seeing, you know, that's just, like, a whole other level of pornification. Obviously, like, torture porn Mm -hmm. is becoming more and more common. And I think we're seeing that folded into the sexual ideology of teenagers now. Mm -hmm. And that's why we see the stuff where they're, like, being vanilla Mm -hmm. is bad or embarrassing. You know, it's accelerating in a way that I feel like even people in 2006 could not understand. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... Again, this is a much bigger conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think, like, when you think about how much of porn now is uh, non-consensual. Yes. Basically. Mm-hmm. Or they're playing like it's non-consensual. But it is for people to enjoy, mm-hmm. essentially, rape. Yes. Um, And how that is bleeding into the rest of media and culture. As yeah. becoming, like, a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas BDSM does not push for that no BDSM is like the opposite of a cult where they're like yeah. you have to be sober yeah and like meet all of these expectations before you're even allowed to play like yeah. we're not trying to get you in here so going back to Brittany you know kind of tying this all back I think the main thing that I want people to take away from it is that all of these elements were folded in to Brittany's story mm-hmm And while portification has existed for forever Forever. um, I think it started to get a lot worse in the late 90s as the internet spread and became more and more accessible Um, and that is heavily tied into the story of Britney Spears and the fact that she as an artist you know never belonged fully to herself Mm -hmm. at least in the viewpoints of others. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. she belonged to the public yeah, and needed to meet impossible expectations that were pulling her in like several different directions. Yeah. And a lot of these very broad social issues, you know, played a part and had a hand in it that nobody really had full control over. Yes. Yeah. Um, so after this album came out and around when the second album came out, which is the oops, I did it again, titled album, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the money was rolling in from, selling copies of her, you know, songs and albums yeah. and getting a lot of the money came from brand deals. Mm-hmm. Like she had one with like a sunglass hut, <laughs> you know, she was getting millions of dollars suddenly after being broke. Their yeah. family was bankrupt. Yeah. I mean, they were in so much debt. Mm-hmm. So one of the first things that she really wanted to do was buy a house for her mom. Aww. But this was like a ton of money that... I don't think anyone could uh, really handle. No, yeah. (laughs) But especially someone that's like, doesn't do finance.
1: No, doesn't do finance and grew up like sometimes not having food in the fridge. Yeah. Like, how do you handle that kind of thing? I was like,
0: how do you have the financial literacy to handle that? I wouldn't be able to handle that. No kidding.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: So she basically hires her uncle, Reggie Covington, who was a small town banking exec in Mm -hmm. Kentwood. And she put him in charge of her money. She gave him power of attorney and he was responsible for wisely investing his niece's money. Mm. Um, He also only took a cut of 1%. Uh, The standard is 15 to 20% for agents that do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that was probably a good choice and seemed, you know, seemed like a good guy. Like clearly wasn't in it to make money.
1: Right. He just like cared about his niece. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that was smart. So she working with him bought a six acre plot of land just outside of Kentwood for twenty nine thousand dollars. This plot of land is now worth, like, with the house on it, obviously, mm-hmm. like thirteen million or something. Oh it is like doubled in price over twenty five times yeah. or something. It's a crazy, yeah, <laughs> it's a great investment. Yeah. Um. So she wanted to buy this house. Obviously, they were just going to build a house on the lot. But the issue was that Lynn was still married to Jamie, so mm-hmm. in Louisiana, the marriagement laws mean that they are tied together in all ownership of property. So mm-hmm. in some states, you can own property separate from your significant other, mm-hmm. or you can have like a prenup that sort of dictates who owns what. Right. So that means that she was tied to like the massive amount of debt that they had accrued, and most of which had been Jamie. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't want him to have access to the deed of the house because yep. I'm sure Brittany witnessed how irresponsible he was with money growing up. Mm-hmm. And also that meant that any of his debts like could be paid with the house. So right. It meant that debtors could lay claim to his property, which is what happens when you yep. are in that much debt. Mm-hmm. Um, So, she did not want, I mean, nobody wanted Jamie anywhere near the deed of this house, which I think is very ironic considering he was put in charge of all of her assets. All of her assets. Like, not even 10 years later. <sighs> um, so, whatever, we'll get to that later. <laughs> so, Lynn divorces Jamie, um, but she says in her book and during, you know, after this happened, because they got divorced in a way where they basically went to court very privately and did something, um, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like doing prenups while you're married Mm -hmm. and then getting a divorce based on those prenups, which basically said that Jamie was responsible for all debts Mm. that the couple had. Um, so she says that this was because she was finally emotionally ready and not because of like the money. Mm. And I feel like maybe she was pressured into saying this because I think the truth is probably a lot more complicated as yeah. it is with everything. Yeah. Um, It's that this woman was in an abusive codependent relationship. I don't think you just wake up from that. No. <laughs> but I think having a house that she didn't have to pay for and a place to live and like her, you know, Brittany bought her a car and was basically taking care of her. Mm-hmm. She no longer had to rely on Jamie, which is what keeps a lot of people in abusive relationships, especially when women don't work. Yeah. So they're, I mean, she was like a teacher, but she was making almost nothing. Right. So I think, you know, she finally had a reliable way to survive without Jamie. Mm -hmm. And that probably made it a lot easier. And I think Brittany probably pushed her to divorce her, her father. So, absolutely. Um, they did finally get a divorce. I think it was like 2003 when it happened, Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit before then, but, um, They got divorced. She bought this house for her mom with a new Cadillac. Mm. And um, it wasn't all bad for Jamie. Uh, Brittany paid off all of his debts. Of course she did. (laughs) And he got to keep their childhood home. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess everybody wins. (laughs) (laughs) For now. For now. (laughs) Um, So... I just thought that was interesting. Um, so then In the Zone is released, which is easily one of her most iconic albums. Oh, yeah. This easily. is the album that Toxic is from, mm-hmm. which, some context, she referred to dancing and like being in the studio practicing as being in the zone. So that's why it was titled In the Zone. It was because it was like her thing to that's say so that. Cute. <laughs> um, and before they came out, there was like talk in the media. I mean, all over the place. If you saying that Britney Spears didn't have the staying power to be a real star. Okay. Yeah. I was like, again, uh, it's probably because mostly teenage girls liked her, but it was like, yeah, are you serious? People like, who are wrong are always them. so loud. Honestly. It's like, it's like people that used to say, this is a tangent, they used to say that Rihanna was going to be a one hit wonder after her first song. Right. I was like, Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so during this time, she also... They hire Wade Robson mm-hmm. as her um, choreographer. Um, if you're not familiar with this guy, he has been dancing since he was, like, a kid. He became a choreographer and a dance teacher when he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also known because he was sponsored by Michael Jackson to come over from Australia and, like, lived with him at the Neverland Mansion. Yeah. I was involved in, like, the criminal proceedings. Yes. Um. So she... You know, he was like her choreographer and coach and I think close friend. And we'll kind of, he kind of is involved in the story later on. We'll get into that more up in the next episode. Um, and then following this, when they're going on tour, they're either practicing, you know, she's in the studio constantly learning all of her choreography or she's touring. Mm-hmm. And so her mom quits her job to basically travel around with Brittany to be the mom on tour. Um, which I think was good. I mean, Brittany was like very attached to her mom. They were very, very close. Yeah. And we'll talk about this more too in the next episode, but I think Brittany was exceptionally lonely. So mm. I think having her mom with her was very helpful. Yeah. Um, and Lynn quit her job. She was teaching, she was like teaching preschool. Mm. Um, so she quit her job and started running Brittany's official website and she was making way more money doing that. Of course she was. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think is a bad, I don't want that to be like considered a bad thing but i do think people should come away thinking about how many people full-grown adults were relying on britney yes for their careers yeah i mean they were relying on her talent and her exceptionally hard work to survive
1: yeah it's like she was you know doing all this work so that like you know hundreds upon people had livelihoods that wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to be anywhere nearly as successful without her exactly um, and so I feel like that's really relevant And we'll,
0: we'll get into that more in the next episode When we talk about her mental health mm-hmm. But it was very much in Their best interest Not to encourage Britney to take breaks Yeah, Because they were like Making money They yeah. were making insane amounts of money Her group of people that they called themselves Team Britney Was like five vans full of people Like buses Jesus. full of people yeah. To every single show Yeah. So I mean a lot of a lot of adults relying on her including her mom right um but i don't again i'm like it's not necessarily a bad thing that her mom was doing that was relying on her but i do think that it's relevant as we get into this later like you know that kind of responsibility it's a lot of pressure such a young person yeah um to be carrying through it makes me think of um the olsen twins yes who, you know, were making money for all of these people as little kids, and now yeah. they, like, won't do anything that's in the public eye. Yeah. And it's, like, I can't even imagine having that kind of pressure and having all these people being, like, no, keep performing, because my job depends on it as, like, a kid. Yeah,
1: when they started at, like, what, two years old or right. something? Yeah. and that's
0: very much how I see Britney. I'm, like, you know, she was getting to be an adult, but I'm, like, that's so young, mm-hmm. like, 18 to 22. Yeah. King, I mean, most of us are like in college and being dumb. Yeah, like I I'm, am twenty two and I'm <laughs>
1: stupid as hell. <laughs> uh,
0: almost twenty three, <laughs> almost. <laughs> um, you know, it's. I just can't imagine that kind of pressure, and oh, then no. not. Not only that, but you're also in the public eye, and the world is expecting so much from you. Yeah, and you're just like a teenager, yeah. basically. Yeah.
1: And it's, like, not even, like, she's been prepped for this. Yes. Like, she did this so quickly. It was a flip of a switch that, you know, from being super broke and poor, just, like, trying to perform yeah, to being, like, you know, this huge, like, you know, person and figure and image. Yeah. You know? Right,
0: exactly. So, that's kind of a weird stopping point, but we're gonna get really into it next episode with <laughs> Yeah, her romantic life. We're gonna talk about Justin Timberlake, who, like I said, kind of that story runs congruent to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of going to go back and start that over again. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about her insane schedule while she was touring and then really get into like her mental health yeah. and um, a lot of those more Brittany's private life. Yes. Um, so check back in next Wednesday for yeah. that mess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure you check out the Instagram post that we have. I will include the, from mickey mouse club and definitely the photo from the rolling stones and then the interview if i can find it yes britney spears so cool
1: yeah we've got a lot to cover next week (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) like i said this is gonna be a long ass series yeah i'm not really gonna know until the end when we're gonna finish it's gonna be a mystery to everyone
1: (laughs) all right bye bye guys the Podcast Rejects is a Gamer Frauds Network production. Find us on Instagram at thepodcastrejects. For early access to all Gamer Frauds Network content and a ton of exclusive perks, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash